everyone, and welcome to the Sombre Health Outcomes Rocket podcast, where we talk with healthcare leaders and technology leaders on the state of the industry, patient engagement, technology innovation. I'm your host, Rich Preston. Today, we're fortunate to be speaking with Tim Barrand, who has the awesome title of Innovation Director and Corporate Venture Capital Lead at Jacobs, probably one of the largest consulting firms you may not have heard of, with over 65,000 employees globally. From the moment I first bumped into Tim at Health way back in 2019, I knew he was super smart, cool guy to stay in touch with. It's been awesome to watch his career evolve since then, spanning large organizations and tiny startups and academia. Uh, looking forward to hearing what lessons Tim can share with us today. Welcome to the podcast, Tim. Thanks, Rich. Pleasure. I'll, I'll try and live up to, to the cool word uh, that you mentioned in that <laughs> intro, <laughs> and I appreciate that. Uh, <laughs> Always I'm a battle sure. to stay cool as you age, I think. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Well, it's uh, very cool. Um, now, Tim, did you have a dream career when you were growing up? It's a great question. I I think I always wanted to do something entrepreneurial and I I didn't know what that was. I think from an early age, I was trying to figure out how, what could I do around the house maybe to, to, to make money or to make things easier. And I think that later led to an obsession with emerging technologies and the intersection between design and entrepreneurship and and building things. So, uh, you know, I can give you a a fun example. Maybe I won't um, send this podcast to my mom with this example to bring up bad (laughs) times, but um, back before CD recording was a major, Uh was a major thing. This, I was in middle school. I was, you know, mowing lawns to make money. And there was a catalog by the name of Crutchfield that had, Basically, you know, professional recording equipment and studio items that you might see in a music studio. So long story short, I saved up all my yard work money and I bought a cassette to CD uh, converter. And at the time, Rich, it was so slow. So I literally have to pop in a tape. And then, you know, set it before I went to school, get home and the CD was done. And then I bought a jewel case maker. I would create art for it and I would trade tapes for a lot of bands that were touring back when you could tape them. And I, and eBay was formed and I started selling them on eBay. Well, long story short, you could sell these things for 50 or 60 bucks on eBay at the time. I, it wasn't long and I hadn't made a ton of money before I had a letter uh, from a certain government agency (laughs) talking to me about (laughs) copyright and trademark infringement that my mother so gently came running to my room to show me. Um, So that was my kind of my, I I feel my first entrepreneurial thing of breaking the rules. I've always liked to break the rules, but yeah. <laughs> Moved a little too fast. <laughs> too fast, too early. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I love teaching. I love connecting with folks. Yeah. And that was always on the, you know, and coaching. So that was always on the back burner as well. And um, awesome. fortunately, I'm able to do, do, do yeah. those things in my career now. Yeah. Well, maybe perhaps you could give us a little short summary of how you sort of ended up, uh, you know, following the path you're on with it to leading to your role at Jacobs today. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't know if there was any purposeful one, um, you know, but a lot of things happened, I think, personally and professionally. I, you know, I spent a good amount of my career in healthcare, you know, 15, 16 years, a lot of the time at Blue Cross Blue Shield in Massachusetts. Uh, I was bouncing around kind of the organization from when I started there when I was, you know, 23 um, and trying to learn as much as I could about healthcare. Um, you know, I was working in customer financial management and provider financial management. Uh, working in an alternative quality care-based contracts and some of the initial ones in the country that kind of launched that value-based 
care. Um, and, you know, I, I you know, truthfully, I, it wasn't that exciting to me. Um, mm. You know, I was about seven, eight years in and I was like, you know, maybe I should start thinking about doing something else or getting out of this industry. Uh, coincidentally, I started to have a lot of serious soccer injuries and I got to really uh, utilize the healthcare industry mm-hmm. during that time. And uh, not to many surprise, I wasn't overly impressed. Um, and I started kind of going down rabbit holes of, of, you know, research from, you know, physiology to emerging technologies and startups that were trying to kind of help within healthcare. And I, I, I had three of these injuries in a row. Mm. Um, and at the same time, I got into this uh, financial development leadership program at, at Blue Cross where you could mm. rotate around. So I got to experience market intelligence and segmentation. Um, and while I was in one of those rotations, uh, one of the leaders I was meeting with said, hey, you know, we're launching a corporate venture capital strategic investment arm. This kind mm. of hits those things that you like, uh, entrepreneurship, you'll be meeting with entrepreneurs. Um, you know, you, you, uh, you like emerging technologies. I'm sure you'll see a bunch of that. So it kind of, you know, s- scratches that itch. So mm-hmm. I started working with, with that team and the development of, of that arm. And, uh, almost a few years in similarly, uh, corporate innovation arm had been, uh, mm. announced and the CIO was hired um, started working with her organically and we kind of just were a perfect marriage and started building uh, with a few others, the, the corporate innovation arm known as, as WellBe and Blue Cross and Mass. Um, so that that in conjunction around that time when I started with the investments, I, I was, you know, got my MBA at Babson and uh, was exposed to innovation methodologies like design thinking there for the first time, you know, mm. um, probably nine, nine years ago or so and uh, became kind of came obsessed with all those intersections since. Oh, it's really cool. Yeah. So sounds like definitely when you came across an opportunity that uh, piqued your interest, you, you, you went down that path and uh, that's uh, served you well, giving you a wide range of experience and uh, yeah, maybe, maybe you could help us understand this uh, awesome job title and, and what that sort of means in terms of what you're, what you're trying to get done and, uh, and a sense of those daily activities. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So, yeah, as you mentioned, you know, Jacobs is, you know, I think historically has been known as an engineering and construction firm, but we're moving, we're tra- we've transformed into maybe a solutions and, um, you know, digital transformation type firm. You know, it is, we are a consultancy, um, but I think there's been a lot of movement for us to conform and, and to modernize. And that's been, that's been great for me and, and the title that you, that you like so much. It's a little long for me. Honestly, yeah. But, um, I think, a mouthful. Yeah. yeah just because I, I kind of wear two hats, you know, from the innovation side, um, you know, Beyond If, which is the innovation arm here at Jacobs, was launched in officially kind of in 2019 off of off of some, you know, I think the legacy of some former initiatives or, or strategies. And um, it was more mature, I would say, outside of the United States or North America. Um, there was some some great success um, in UK, but there was a there was kind of a need for it in North America. So I saw this kind of blank canvas, which interested me it brought me back to sort of that blank canvas that blue cross of how do we how do we launch an arm how do we operationalize it and there, there's no silver bullet for that because every organization is different cultures are different um mm-hmm. 
industries and markets are different and people most importantly are different, which is the main thing that makes innovation work. Um, so the two-sided piece of the innovation work is I think what I just said there as well as project initiatives and how do we look at inside out innovation and maybe um, get the business more comfortable with outside in innovation. And what I mean by that is really customer centric um, exploration, incubation, yeah. commercialization, and customers can obviously be internal and external. So that, that's side A to my mixtape. Side B, uh -huh. um, you know, truthfully was, I didn't know when I had took the position, but I'm thankful that I got the opportunity to help lead assessing and, and standing up a corporate venture capital arm uh -huh. and um, worked pretty hard over the last year or so um, and assessing and, and operationalizing that. And we're iterating, of course, as we go, uh, but we, I, I think, have a, a great foundation for a process in place. As you can imagine, being, you know, 60,000 plus employees, you know, a lot of deals can come from other places. There's always that burn, old burning question of, well, is this a merger? Is it an acquisition? Is it a partnership? Is it business development? Is it an investment? Or is it a strategic investment? Which, you know, I think can have some different guidelines. And what I'll say in kind of this long-winded uh, explanation of my title is, I think that there's a benefit when you can have the marriage of corporate venture capital and innovation uh, within the same area in, in organizations. When that works well together, yeah. there's great exposure to benefits on both sides, as well as the business of identifying holes and or opportunities to, to incubate or to invest in. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. I think uh, it's been interesting watching Pharma try to build out these digital teams and uh, trying to work out you know, how does, does that team also play a role in deciding on strategic acquisitions or investments as well? And yeah, it certainly makes sense that if those two are too separated, you could easily be missing out on opportunities or, uh, or duplicating effort. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, important to stay connected, you know, to those efforts as well. You know, even if yep. your M&A activities or other corporate development activities don't necessarily sit within the innovation, there, there is a, a marriage that exists between those, those departments as well. That that's very beneficial. So um, good to keep those communication lines open, I guess, is my advice there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know you're early in your career in many ways, but is there an accomplishment that you're most proud of? Yeah, I mean, most recently, I think just having some buy-in for um, innovation and corporate venture capital activities at Jacobs, um, you know, that's been been great to to think of it. If you're, you know, starting this a year ago, um, mm -hmm. what we've been able to accomplish in a year for such a large organization and getting uh, certain people on board or interested um, has has been great. I would say prior to Jacobs to stand out, um, mm -hmm. you know. At Blue Cross, I was fortunate to get uh, to have some amazing leadership at the time that gave me a green light. I, th I think she used the phrase, you're a really weird thinker, but you're perfect for this opportunity. <laughs> and it, <laughs> I didn't know if that was a compliment at the time, but I think it, I, th I think it was um, to, yeah. to build out sort of an innovation garage. I think, as you probably know, within healthcare, within healthcare and corporate healthcare, you know, bureaucracy, politics, the way we've always done things can really 
stifle and stall innovation. So I had the opportunity to similarly kind of assess and get up and running a, an innovation garage, which at one point was a top secret kind of shop where we were looking for um, transformative, you know, opportunity areas and solutions in health. And even though we were a payer and a health insurer, it wasn't strict to that because there's so much opportunity, uh, I think, to be able to diversify um, and actually, you know, mitigate some of the risk that you have as you look to, to explore emerging spaces. So that was a great team, um, incredibly creative. Uh, we just operated very freely and, you know, that broke down the barriers, I think, of healthcare and um, innovation personally uh, and professionally, uh, just to see what we could produce in such a short amount of time. I think we were really groundbreaking and there was a lot of national interest in that specific operation and, and uh-huh. how we went about it, how we were thinking about it, um, et cetera. So. Oh, that's awesome. Very cool thing to be part of. So then looking forward uh, into the future, is there some big thing that you're, you're hoping to accomplish or? Yeah. I mean, I hope to change mindsets, you know, one person at a time and, mm-hmm. and pushing against kind of, you know, status quo and corporate engines, um, you know, how to, how to get those comfortable with a little more risk and show how that actually mitigates future risks or can lead to potential diversification and portfolios or exploring spaces that, that companies, people and departments aren't used to, to, to being in and showing that value. Um, I really think that, you know, that starts for me with human centric or, or human centered design, design thinking where, there's empathy and putting your customers really first all along the process. Um, I think a lot of, you know, what you'll see in literature is we start here with design thinking and then you may be going to lean startup. I just don't think you ever lose that bottom structure layer of Mm. you should always be close to your customer, whether you're exploring a a space um, building, you've already built out a solution or you're trying your next iteration of your solution. Um, I think that's, that's just vitally important yeah i think that's very insightful right that uh because i think often people may start with that maybe they start with the patient journey but then they don't go back and and really check that the work is still um being driven by that sort of foundational understanding and have we ever been more guilty of that than in healthcare? <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, oh, my gosh. Yeah, I, I was just thinking back to your uh, story of uh, three soccer injuries. And if you had to repeat that, whether you feel like the process was any better or <laughs> still much the same. It's, uh, Might be yeah. more expensive. but um, it, Yeah, <laughs> I'm, that I'm sure of. Yeah, yeah. your out-of-pocket <laughs> component was bound to be more. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'm fascinated, right? Because you you've worked in small organizations and big ones, and so have you learned something about how to make um, innovation happen in these bigger organizations? Because I mean, Jacobs, particularly, as you say, it's a very large firm. It's well established, and it was it must have been the same with the Blues of Massachusetts as well, right? So, sure. How, you know, what, what do you think are some of the secrets to 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 actually getting innovation to happen in these big orgs? Yeah. I knew you'd ask this, Rich. This is that silver bullet question that you'll always see on every innovation panel at every conference <laughs> since the beginning of time. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. it's an important one. I, I you yeah, know, I'm yeah. not mocking the question. 
I don't know if there's one answer to that, but I, I think there's one constant and it's relationships. I think the better okay. you can, um, a lot of people miss that in innovation. They say, no, we got to still design uh-huh. thinking. We've got to, you know, unearth this innovation here and, and, you know, get some runs on the board. Well, that really doesn't happen without some trust and some, and, re- and that stems from relationship building, okay. um, you know, networking and, 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 and I think communicating that the power of um, working collaborative innovation is is vitally important. Not to come in with all these fancy innovation terms that probably a lot of people don't understand, and that you're here to show people how to innovate. It's more I want to show you how to actually unearth the power of the innovation that's in you and the creativity mm. that's in you and your team, um, and maybe break down some of those walls that have existed within the organization. I mean, we think of healthcare 15 years ago, it was a really, really bad word or a phrase to say, hey, this payer is going to talk to this provider. And, you know, look at the last 15 years, a lot of those walls have been broken down and, and shown the value. Well, if you break that Very down much. into organizations that that exists, um, you know, all wide, it's widespread. So how can innovation kind of be a, a catalyst or a conduit to help to help do that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it does. It does seem like I, that a lot of folks have have got so wrapped up in why their thing is better that they miss the importance of, of really connecting with the folks that they they need to work with. Right. Um, I'm, that's an innovator's laughing point. Is my playbook yeah. is better than you or yours? Yeah. You, know, you, you have to build up. You know, you yeah. have to build out an innovation playbook, and there's a good yeah. reason for doing that. You know, yeah. Like I said before, every organization is different, so it's a, at least very powerful, and and there's validity in going through the process of building out a playbook. But as I say, with a lot of these design methodologies, with innovation methodologies, there's a huge difference between academia and reality. And yep. you have to get folks comfortable with that reality. You put mm-hmm. 10 shots on goal to incubate, maybe one's mm-hmm. going to be still standing in 10 years. But the importance is getting comfortable with getting a lot of those shots on goal early, build measuring and learning from them, um, and getting folks comfortable with that process. If not, you're stuck in the status quo, and maybe you're only doing one out of those out of 10, and your your percentage of being successful is, is decreased you know, substantially. Yeah, yeah. No, it's yeah. I mean, I think these are sort of all change management, right? And yeah. uh, it, it it is uh, continues to be uh, it takes people, and and you've really got to invest in, in. Well, can I ask you a question, Rich? Mm-hmm. Uh, so you know, you've been around in the healthcare industry for a while. Do you have in your experience, and you don't have to name names? Have you seen mm-hmm. folks who have? been better at kind of going against the status quo and having some risk of putting things out there, maybe, you know, not worried as much about their brand or how, you know, folks are going to react to it. Uh, that, you know, in your experience, have you seen folks better than others that, that come to mind? Yeah. I mean, I think in, in healthcare, it's, it really is the case that if you're going to work within the existing system, you have to get along with people, right? You have to understand where the money's flowing and you have to understand how you're going to work with um, the organizations, the stakeholders that are impacted by that, by any changes to the money flow or the workflow. Um, I think it's only when you try to go do an end around, like I think when we see some of these sort of direct-to-consumer 
health plays. That's the only place that you can sort of do the do the Amazon model or um, you know the Apple model or whatever you want to call it. But if if you're relying on the consumer to pay out of their own pocket and not on the existing system, then I think you can you can be a lot more innovative. Um, but you're also then gated by well what what medicines and, and treatments can actually flow that way. So so I think that's, you know, the consumerism has been fascinating to watch, but it, it feels like at some point it hits this wall of, well, where, you know, reimbursement, regulation, and uh, it's you, then you've got to work with stakeholders, yeah. I used to get that question all the time from, you know, or do get that question from startups, especially in healthcare. You know, well, I'm thinking about trying to get this reimbursement or I'm trying to think about testing this regulation, you know, and you have to ask, well, what's your burn rate? Is it 10 years? Because it's not, (laughs) you know, that's a big challenge in healthcare for innovators to be successful early if they're trying to disrupt that. Yeah. system that I think you're kind of you're kind of talking about that, that exactly tends, to, tends yeah. to not have a lot of consumer focus. Yeah. yeah, I mean we would we would love for some to be available for, for you know med D patients, but you know, that process of working with CMMI and CMS is not a sure process, right? So that's a that's a really cool project. I, I hope it comes good, but uh, <laughs> I, I don't think we should stake the business on it. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah. Um, well, cool. Let's talk about some of the key uh, trends that are going on in technology. Uh, given that you're, you know, working way beyond just healthcare now, and so um, I think probably two areas that'd be interesting to touch on is sort of AI and the, and the metaverse and um, you know, maybe we start with the metaverse first. This is an area where you know we Zucks, you know, Zucks dropping ten billion a year on investing in this, and some of his investors are not so keen about that. Do you, do you think he's crazy? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I plead the fifth. I, I don't know. That might be a longer conversation. But I think he's crazy. Um, I, 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 I don't know. You know, the tech side of me is like is very, very intrigued. Uh, you know, so much potential promise in it. Yep. So yeah, I'm, I'm a little. You know, I'm. I'm the human side of me is worried about, you know, we already have all of this exposure to artificial, you know, light and stimulation all day for us and for our kids. If we bring that to another level, um, you know, is it harmful or is it more beneficial since it's maybe more immersive? I don't know. The tech side of me sees incredible power, um, mm-hmm. you know, in all kinds of adaptabilities, whether we're thinking about uh, maybe space exploration uh, when we're thinking about um, immersive power, you know, for for the global world um, mm-hmm. and in healthcare. You know, I, I think we had chatted before. You know, I think of you know the best of the best surgeons maybe trying to tackle some of the the, the most challenging surgeries. Maybe you know influencing a robot in a similar space. Um, yeah, you know, I, I think there's great potential there. From, from a yeah. metaverse perspective. So you're seeing it across life sciences, tech, real estate, et cetera. I, I'm mm-hmm. interested to see how the technologies will probably be enhanced by each other when you think of the aggregation of them, of maybe AI, um, maybe you know, blockchain or mm-hmm. other things. What what kind of can they feed off of each other? And is is there a lot there for the future to tell? So we'll we'll see. There's a lot of investment in it. So that's it, that would be hard sure. not to be in it in some capacity. So yeah. Yeah. I um 
yeah, I think great opportunities in training and education. I, I uh, of course, worry about the, you know, the dystopian vision of Snow Crash or uh, Ready Player One. <laughs> right. I hope we, hope we don't end up there. But uh, as always with uh, humanity, there's, there's going to be good and bad. And uh, uh, so, yeah, lots of exciting stuff there. And you know, I think with AI, we've had so much uh, interest recently with all of the content creation pieces. I think this has perhaps caught some people by surprise, right, that there was going to be so much this generative art through, you know, DALI and stable diffusion and, and generative copy through GPT-3 and, uh, you know, the amazing to see what happens with GPT-4. And just kind of curious to get your perspective on this space and, and how it's evolving some of the likely implications and opportunities. Well, it's great to see it coming to life. You know, mm-hmm. I think that for years, you and I were probably send, attending, you know, the healthcare conferences where it was mm-hmm. all about AI, but there was really nothing in the market or no, it wasn't yeah. actually well understood or, or, or what the education was lacking a little bit. So to see some things coming in the market has been great. I mean, the company I worked for prior to, to Jacob's mm-hmm. Aford Health, you know, they mm-hmm. were utilizing this technology and real usage of this technology to help uh, physicians, you know, treat and diagnose, uh, you know, mental health uh, areas or mental health challenges starting with depression. That that was a real technology. I think something that you have to be weary from, from an innovation investment side is vetting, you know, the technology when, when Mm. folks say they have AI or you'll hear entrepreneurs Mm. sometimes in their pitches say, well, we can just build an AI, we can build an AI component. You know, I don't know if they really understand what that means. Um, Yeah. That's a, that's a big challenge. So it's just great to see it hitting the market. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. I mean, I think uh, I had a great idea the other day about, you know, is there a place between, sort of the access to mental health support through, you know, companies like BetterHelp. And then is there even just for someone who wants to have a chat, who wants to be heard, can an AI chatbot perform a a really cost-effective role for tons of people that are feeling lonely? Um, And, and yeah, I I, I think there's going to be some amazing um, developments in this space as well. Um, And I really like what, you know, thinking about AI, you know, it's come into fruition here a little bit and, you know, to your previous tech metaverse, mm-hmm. you know, how is that, how are they going to play? how do they play together? How will they mm-hmm. play together? You think about simulation environments and how AR, VR might fit within those and what kind of, you know, you know, data synchronization can happen behind the scenes utilizing, you know, AI, you know, power, et cetera. I, I just yeah. think there's, there's something great there that's going to happen and potentially maybe in healthcare, um, or another industry that I, I just think we have to wait and see. Yeah, I think those combinations, like it's hard enough for us. We're, we're, we're terrible at even linear projections, let alone exponential <laughs> ones, and then and then throw in combinations of exponential uh, trends, and, and that, uh, yeah, it's it's almost impossible to predict what uh, some of the exciting things that will, will come up, come our way. Um, so Tim, any recommendations for folks getting started in the industry now? What uh, what would you tell them to do? I mean, in, in terms of healthcare, it, it's it's a beast. You know, there's there's mm-hmm. never a spot where you're not learning. So yep. I had great value early on in my career. I think of not staying in one area, even though it was within mainly one company for too long. Um, mm-hmm. You know, bouncing bouncing around and kind of being a sponge and 
how how different aspects of the healthcare system um, work, I think was was very valuable. And I, I had someone tell me that early on in my career, mm. fortunately, not just specific to healthcare, um, which which I've which I I kind of took to heart because I I don't like to be doing the the same thing for too long. I think that's why I like corporate innovation so much. I, you know, yeah. we're, we're, uh, we have a, a weird affinity to getting punched in the face every day. And, and you know, that, that gives <laughs> us, uh, that gives yeah. us excitement to go to work and there's just something new always happening or, you know, yeah. you, you have to be okay with being reorg because innovation always is being reorged. Um, yeah. I feel, you know, to try and fit in a different area or, or different spaces. Yeah. And, and that's just par for the course, but yeah, bouncing around, I think, really, really helped me early in my career to learn the healthcare industry. So it, yep. it goes across that, too, in other complex organizations or complex industries. I think that can be useful, too. Yeah. Now, you and me both, I've certainly found that diversity of experience has been my most valuable asset. And uh, so, yeah, I think uh, that's, that's great advice. And what people, about, uh, most importantly, oh, the people, yeah. you know, when mm-hmm. you do that, you get to experience different mm. personalities, different cultures, different, um, you know, paths, you know, of experience. Uh, great that, point. That, that, yeah. That's just really, really, I think, overlooked. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we're, we're so focused on the content of what you learned there, but mm-hmm. I learned a lot from people too, our leaders, how leadership styles, you know, all, all, you name it, all those subsets that go along with that. Oh, it's so true. Yeah, absolutely. And then of course, you know, great relationships you can form over, over that, that time as well. So awesome advice. Uh, any uh, favorite uh, podcasts or books you'd, uh, you'd could recommend for the audience uh design your life uh, is one of mm, i constantly a- constantly have my my students actually um mm-hmm. read is is a great one um that is a great one yeah it's it's, it's uh, designing your life by bill burnett and dave evans um yeah Be- behind that famous course at the d school and, and stanford yeah exactly yeah 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 that's and I, I think they also have one designing um, your career as well. If mm-hmm. you want one more career specific, uh, yep. I, I think the the life one actually hits both. But uh, mm-hmm. if you're looking for a little more specific, but the exercises are fun uh, that they have in there if you choose to do them. But really gets mm-hmm. you thinking differently. I think about a lot of things we touched on today. Yeah, your, your yeah. relationships, your experience, your passions, or even your hidden passions. That mm-hmm. you know, we talked about what innovation is really unearthing. I think creativity and and, and power and, and passion what you do um yeah you know, i used to have passion what i call passion check-ins with my my teams to make sure that they were so oh, passionate because awesome. you what more do you get at yeah. you know, someone when they're like yes this is actually very personal and i'm passionate mm-hmm. about this um you know so uh, i think it's an important thing to hold in your career in your life oh it's very cool yeah, no, great recommendation. Uh, in terms of listeners finding you or connecting with you online, where, where would be the best place? Yeah, link, LinkedIn is probably the easiest. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I have a tougher last name. It's B-E-R-E-N-D-T. But, um, you know, it, uh, I'm, I'm on there. It's, uh, and you can you can sync up with me there. Or, um, I, I don't know. I, Rich, you know, for your, for your network, they can reach out to you and we can connect. And yep. vice versa, I'd love to connect some folks with you to, to tell them about the great work you're doing at, at Sempre and, um, and, and have and just a wealth of experience. I think that's why we hit it off so well at Health almost three years ago. I think so. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much for the time today, Tim. Great conversation and always a pleasure to catch up. 
Uh, and to our audience, thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you got something value from the episode. Uh, and if you did, please don't forget to review the Sombre Health podcast on your favourite streaming service. It really helps others to find and enjoy the show. Thank you. We'll catch you on the next one.